Okay, we're live. How was uh, your meeting with Colleen just now? Good. So, <clears throat> so what we talked about was, well, we talked a little bit about she's going to need to roll off, right? Because she took this full-time job. Uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> she took this full-time job at my company, actually. <laughs> so now, I'm, now we are work colleagues. Uh, yeah. So, you know, she's not going to, she's going to eventually want to roll off, but she feels very invested in seeing how it turns out at Good. this client because she wants to see, uh, you know, how it's going to go with their data sets and everything. Mm-hmm. We did, we talked about how like, yeah, basically it's, it's feature complete from our perspective. Like we ported the Laravel version over and added a few new things that we knew that they were going to want. Mm-hmm. But, um, Sorry, I was drinking a carbonated beverage right before this. That's a <laughs> mistake. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so we're feature complete, like as far as what we said we would do. But, you know, obviously we're around for like helping them with integrations. And I really want to see right. like, how it works in real life and then see how that goes. So that means that she wants to roll off. So we need to roll somebody else on. So I'm talking with somebody to try and get them on board. So Good. we talked about like what what we could give them. So give them to do that way mm-hmm. if they have enough kind of meaty thing to work on to like wrap their heads around it. And that's the challenge because there's not much left. <laughs> right. So I think we're going to yeah. have them, whoever we get work on doing the docs. And then she only had a Great. few tests left that she didn't, that she didn't do. Um, it's kind of boring work, but it would help them get their head around it and then for sure. set us up for when this client wants something else, then we'll be able to do it. And then also when we launch this, we'll have somebody, you know, backing us right. up on the rail side with that, with that knowledge. She had mentioned to me that she had a big like railsification of it in mind that she kind of wanted. And I, I told her you should like, you should be, the architect on that and have this new person like be the implementer so that she can still kind of, you know, see her vision come to fruition. Was that talked about at all or is that further down the road? But that's a fantastic idea. I think what's going on with that is that she just really, I'm putting words in her mouth now, but I suspect I could talk with her later. (laughs) Like I suspect (laughs) that she just really wants to do it. Uh, Yeah. So, cause you guys, she told me, yeah, I had offered some other stuff to do today. Cause I was like, I got, I got a few things on my plate left, which she could do. There's no reason not. Um, mm-hmm. but she was like, eh, I don't know if I'm the right person for that mm-hmm. slash. I don't want to, I want to do this other thing that I was hoping to spend today on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we, that's talked, totally cool. we talked a little bit, I guess last week, just over Slack. And she was like, is it weird that I'm sad? like to be leaving this project with you. And I was like, no, it's great. I'm so like, I'm happy that you enjoy it. And we talked a little bit about how like the, like the problem really gets in your head, like the complexity of what we're doing. It really like burrows its way into your mind and you end up thinking about it a ton and it becomes like, it becomes like a lot of fun. And so I think she wants to see it through to, um, see it through to like proper railsification with the whatever is the DTL and stuff. And she has a vision now that she has like the whole framework in her head and also knows rails really well. She has like the vision for what it should be. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 
All right, hang on. Got a DM from a client. I also just got a DM. <laughs> what is this? No worries. So I'll cut, I'll cut all that out. We were talking about Colleen and having the whole thing in her mind and wanting to railsify it. Yes, which I think is great because I think that, first of all, our client is going to want things to feel more railsy. I think they'll mostly be interacting. I don't know. We, I think that will include changes to the API that developers using this will, you know, interact with, I suspect. Mm -hmm. But I think that she also is talking about some changes to the kind of like the algorithm, um, and doing it in more of like a Ruby ish type mm -hmm. way. Um, which actually it's funny cause it's like the same conversation that we've had with, except on the JavaScript side where right. it's like, the, the flat blueprint thing is like it like it's very hard for me to wrap my head around that on the client side it's also mm -hmm. like not the way we think about things in ruby and stuff so like she's got like a different data structure in mind it will still not it will not change the blueprint format whatsoever from however we for an interoperability but then in terms of like when somebody goes to maintain the code and read it it will be um more what they would expect to see uh, from the Ruby side. And then it'll be the same. I, I do stuff like that on the JavaScript side too. So it's kind of just like the yeah. same thing, which is, which is fine. I think like we got that portable data format. So it makes sense that you could take that and like just write a little thing to change it into what makes yeah, sense to you and for your algorithms. It. And then you just run it through that. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's fine. Well, I would love to have her like railsify it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that fits in, you know, our timeline or her timeline, or if the client even cares about that. But at some point, to have her kind of oversee that and maybe have the new person, she's doing um, it today. Execute it. Oh, great! <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and we're we're gonna we're gonna build a client because we talked about it. We're like, great. is this build a client or not? And I think we I think it is because. Like they want to, they wanted to, they just want to port from like Laravel to to Ruby on Rails, and we've done that, but in such a direct way that it's not. Yeah, it's, it's they're not going to love it, and I just yeah. know like as much as invested as they are into the Rails ecosystem and doing things the Rails way, and yep. having this nice Ruby centric world of view, then mm -hmm. I think this is probably more like what they would expect. So we got to make yeah. sure we do what they expect. They haven't really interacted with the API much yet. It's going to mm -hmm. happen soon, mm -hmm. <laughs> probably in a few weeks. Yeah. You Hopefully, know you, you would right. hope. I mean, it seems like a big feature they need to get on. Um, <laughs> and I would, I don't know, I would even argue they don't really want a port from Laravel. They just got lucky that we had already done it. What they want is like, like you said, the Rails yeah. way to do this. So yeah. We're getting there via a port, but that's they don't care about that. Yeah, so I think like the most straightforward thing was to do a port. We did that. Functionality is there. Boom. But now, now Colleen's got it all in her head, so she can make it. You know, it's going to be much more maintainable because it, mm -hmm. like we do own the IP, but I mean they also have a license to this code and can do whatever they want with it. They could of course, just yeah run with it they just and have their it, own yeah. developers maintain it and do their own thing. Yep. And in that case, I'm sure they would much prefer it if we you know, cleaned it up and did something that was easier for them to understand. Right. So I think, um, I think that it makes sense for us to, to build them for that, especially since I think 
I think it's reasonable that she gets it done today or at least close or at least an improvement Man, or at least we'll wild. know if it's possible. So, so that's, and cool. I don't, I don't think we planned this necessarily up front, but I feel like this is the ideal way to do it. Like do a one-to-one port so that she and I are speaking the same language the whole time and all the tests, you know, the Laravel tests look like the rails tests. We get everything working and then she takes another step and she's got all the tests as coverage and she can change. Now she knows everything. She can change the style of everything instead of trying to like take those two steps at once and leave me in the dust while she has no idea what's going on. Like yep. this is perfect. Yeah, I think so too. And then, cool. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going to, so that means I, I felt like it made sense. So she just do that because she was really, you know, I don't know. I For could sure. tell it's one of those like, okay, I finally have my head around this. I got excited about how I, oh, now I see how I could actually like do this in a way that, you know, makes sense. And I mm. really want to do it. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yep, that's great. So I'm like, all right, follow that energy, man. Just do yeah. it. So that's cool. And then, so I'm working on, if I don't have much left, but great. it's more than I would ideally like to have left. The problem is <laughs> like the implementation that I did, like we discussed, they wanted hotwire, did this hotwire thing. I figured out a kind of a clean way to do it, even though it's a bit of a stretch because it doesn't map very cleanly to this like form builder that we have essentially it's a little bit of a stretch and like a front end framework would have been a better fit but i figured it out and i got sort of this clean approach that works the clean approach though uses a lot of forms so like each criterion in our query is its own form which makes sense it's not that's Mm -hmm. that makes sense like when you look at it like each one looks kind of like a form um then there's like one other one for the delete button and then there's one Um, and that's, and that's it basically. So then as you type stuff, you, you know, make changes to the query builder. It submits this form via JavaScript and then it just re-renders the whole thing. And then turbo frames does its thing and only replaces the thing that changed because it's within that frame. So that's a really nice thing. And so it basically means I have just like a little bit of JavaScript to, uh, connect like updates to the blueprint right to hidden field, submit the form done. So it's pretty simple. Problem is they've wanted to put it in two places so far in the app. They've wanted it integrated into two places and both places were nested within a form. And so you can't have forms nested within another form, um, <laughs> which, okay. I, I mean, I guess I should have thought of that, but also, I don't know. Like it does make sense with the way they want to use the query builder that it would be nested within a form and the way they think about things on the rail side. Uh, so the workaround has been, well, in one case, I just rewrote their page to like pull my thing outside of the form <laughs> and it meant that the, uh, the, the, uh, form button was switched. The order was switched. So instead of being the first button, it was the, the filter, the filter builder button was the second button or whatever. And the designer there was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Why is my Man, button you don't order know. switched? Yeah. And I was like, just trust me, I had to do it. <laughs> and then the other workaround was in Andrew's case, we're just popping it into a, a modal in bullet train. So that gets around that problem. Um, and they could do that in other places. They could pop it into a modal. But I think what I got to do is I got to take a look at like doing it a different way without forms, which there's kind of only one other way to do it. And that is I've got to like write to the source attributes of the like 
frame that's being updated, uh, which is weird, but that is the only kind of way to get around it, I think. Um, or I maybe use patches. Interesting. I could look into using their, the patch thing. Um, maybe, but over, overall, I still have to like make a change. I have to like sub- patches won't work. Right. Because like they have to do they, the way hot wire works is like if somebody has to do something like mm-hmm. you can't, it doesn't work with, um, an Ajax request. You have to submit a form or write to a source. Yeah. Like that's how the page updates. Cause it's assuming you're taking, it works beautifully when you're taking like a CRUD app designed with rails. That's like form based. And then you add this on top of it for the interaction mm-hmm. works great. Um, but, but for everything else, for everything else. Yeah. So like, it's pretty cool. Cause I could submit a form and it could send some patches and update different parts of the page. That's great. I still have to submit a form. There's gotta be a form. Uh, and that's my problem. I can't use that. So then I'm going to write to a source. Um, and then I'm not sure that patches would apply the way I would expect if I'm writing to a source inside of another turbo frame, I'll have to check it out. But either way, at that point I'm writing to a source, I might as well just update the little frame pieces that I need to. So yeah, then anyway, you're, overall, you're basically it's like, doing it manually. Yeah. It, it's not a great fit. The technology is not a great fit for the query builder. I'm just like making it work. Um, but yeah, so I got to do that. I still got to add the inline errors because Colleen added them to the, the model and I just mm-hmm. got to add them to the form. And then they have one other little bit of UI that they want, which is like kind of like an English only, like plain text uh, view yeah. of the filter. So instead of, you know, like the filter builder kind of reads like yeah. English sometimes, like mm-hmm. if, if we have it set right, you know, like show me products, show me customers who bought products in the last five days. And that reads in the form format, but they would just want that to be in just like text. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So I'm going to do that. And then there's a few like fiddly UI things that I got to that I got to work out, which are, again, weird side effects of the hot wire thing. So I got to get those dialed in a little bit. But yeah. And then and then we still have not heard a thing from their data team, have we? No. Besides the last meeting Colleen and I had with them. Goodness gracious. I mean, I okay. think a lot of their stuff is going to be in a regular Postgres database, but then they have these other things which are huge, like their events table, right? right? Like every single thing that anybody does on any yep. of these, any of their users do on any of these pages. It's huge, massive billions of records, I would imagine. Um, so that's like its own special beast that they're designing. Um which is not compatible with our SQL query format that we spit out. So it's like, there's probably some way to do it, but it's like, they had to take like the SQL and then turn it into some JSON format, which they can run on whatever, you know, high, like timescale thing, exotic that database up. that they're using. Uh-huh. But yeah, they haven't talked to us about it in a while. I don't even know what's happening with that. No okay. idea. As long as we continue to make ourselves available. I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're ready, man. We'll. Uh, yep. It's up to them to really de-risk it. Like I, I think we pointed out plenty of times. Like, yeah, we're generating SQL. Like, if we need to do something else, we kind of need to know what we're doing. And they haven't told us, so okay, that's that. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is that. I feel good yeah. about where we're at. Great. Okay. How do you feel about the whole thing? Just besides Hotwire, just like in general. Oh, great. Yeah, I think. Um, good. 
I'm ex- I like we have we have what we wanted at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Like we have a product, <laughs> we could I know. we could sell it on rails. You know, like it's Man, we have a product and we have money, which is crazy. Yeah, it worked out. It re- it's like what really we really worked out. Yeah. So here we are. And then you've been doing such a great job keeping the the buzz alive over on the Laravel side that we'll have somewhat of a launch over there. I think, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. So I feel. I'm glad to hear that because I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about it. It's obviously been a long road, but I don't, I don't think I would, I, I'm happy with how we've done it. I don't know if I would do it differently because we learned so much from a second implementation, um, you know, in a first, like a, I guess a second client implementation because I did it first and then that we brought it all back to Laravel, all those improvements and like the Laravel product is better now. We have a Rails product now. We have money. I've had time to do some open source stuff. Like, I feel pretty good about it. I feel like we're we're doing the thing we set out to do. Yeah, it was a good call. I don't think I'd redo it. I think we yeah. did it the way we could. I mean, and hiring Colleen was obviously yeah, the that only was huge. Yeah, I hoped uh, it was possible because of her. And then yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am looking exciting. forward to having it off my plate. You know, it's like, of course, continuous, like every week I have to figure out something for this client that I got to do. Um, yeah. I tried to hand off, I handed off our meeting last week to Andrew mm-hmm. since we had just done the bullet train integration. I was like, I mean, that's our update. So could you just show them like the bullet train integration and then just didn't go. I'm trying to like step away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you get any, um, did he circle back and tell you how that went? No, he didn't. No, but it's fine. I think that they all got other stuff going on. Like we will know so much when they start doing (laughs) query builder stuff because our DMS are going to blow up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. We don't, we don't need to poke that sleeping bear right now. No, but that means like, that's why I am like, I got to get somebody else up to speed. Um, so that way when that does happen, you know, like we can like triage and then, hand it off yeah because i think did i say this last week that i'm taking another job did i say that you did yeah you kind of you kind of explained what you had thought it would look like and then you dm'd me with some potential updates so do you kind of want to go into how that's shifted a little bit yeah did i mean it's overall it's like my job is the yeah that conversation continues with my boss and it's going really well and I'm very excited about the new sort of like role that I'll be doing. Um, and yeah, the thing that we're still, you know, sorting out is like the title and what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that that doesn't matter to me at this point. Cause the job is exactly what I want. And I very much am. I have never ever been in alignment with the mission of a company the way I am here. And then also that I very much like the people that I work with and think I have an Mm. amazing team. And it's not like I'm at some nonprofit. I actually get paid, you know, a real developer salary. It's pretty amazing. Uh, So I'm very excited to like take on more responsibility and ownership there. It makes so much sense to me. And then also career wise, it makes sense to me because it's a good step away from the individual contributor mm-hmm. spot that I've kind of been in forever, which I definitely want to 
like we talked about this a little last week too. We did, I yeah. I am seeing I see programming more and more as a means to an end. Frankly, it would be kind of like awesome to have a job where I'm not programming. And then once again, programming can be this fun thing that I actually like to do. And it's not like my grind that I have to have yeah. to do. So that could be awesome. Um, as it stands, our company is so small. There's no way that I'm not yeah. programming, <laughs> which is totally, totally fine. But anyway, yeah, I, I am very excited about, you know, pretty much everything about it. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad um, even if it changed a little bit, I'm glad it still sounds like almost entirely positive, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, things in Seanland are pretty good. Yeah. What about, what about in Texas? <laughs> um, good. We, the past, I think the past three nights, the babies have more or less slept through the night. Wouldn't like, you say no, that different people have different definitions yeah. of sleep through through the night? Yeah, I've I've definitely learned that. So the what's happening is we put them down, we feed them at like six fifteen, six thirty. Put them down at seven fifteen, seven thirty. They go to sleep. We don't wake them up at ten thirty, but we feed them again at ten thirty, like in their swaddles in the nursery with the lights off, everything. Mm-hmm. And then put them down, you know, at 11 when they're done eating. And then the past two or three nights, we have not fed them again until 7 a.m. in the morning. That's sleeping We've had Beautiful. We've had um, maybe like three or four times where they've like woken up and you go over and you kind of, you know, soothe them and they go back to sleep. So that to me is just totally game changing. And it's been... Oh, it's been so nice. And Jennifer and I switched up the way we do shifts. It used to be like, if you're on duty, you start kind of after the 1030 feed and you go until the middle of the night feed, which used to be like three, four or five, whatever. And as those got later, it was like, you're basically on duty all night and it's possible that they're fussy all night and you just don't sleep. So now we do like four hour, four hour every night we just switch four hour, four hours. So nobody gets like a real bum shift. Like if your four hours are bad, you know, at least you've got four hours of sleep coming up. So that has been amazing. Um, being able to sleep a little bit more again is just, it's the best. Um, (laughs) so that's been really good. And then, um, stuff in the Laravel world is, is, going really well, um, continues to go really well. I, I put out a couple, I put out a blog post yesterday about how Laravel does database locking, which I found just extremely interesting and super clever. And I just like was reading the source code and saw how they did it. And I was like, that is insane. And so I wrote, I wrote an article about it and and posted it and other people found it super interesting. And so I'm trying to do like, I'm trying to be out there more and more and it seems to just continue to continue to work. Um, and so that's really encouraging still to like have a little bit of momentum going. So that that's been really nice. Um, and then the other thing that we didn't get to talk about last week that I kind of want to talk about a little bit today is the torchlight. Um, syntax highlighting stuff. Um, so 
while I was on paternity leave, that kind of unexpectedly like took off um, within our you know little community. Um, a couple people, I gave them like early access to it. I gave them just like, I made some tokens for them and said, here, here you go. Like, good luck. There aren't any docs yet, but you know, you can try it. And to my d- surprise and delight, they started tweeting about it and they were like, Hey, I'm using this new thing. Y'all should all use it. And so then my, you know, DMS started blowing up and like, Hey, can I get a token? Hey, how do I use this? And um, the biggest one was probably Laravel news started using it, like took it from, Hey, can we give it a shot to, Hey, it's live in production in maybe three hours, two hours, something like that. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm on paternity leave and feeding children every three hours and not sleeping. And that, you know, the service is not ready. There are no docs and everybody's like, great. I love it. It's live in production. Take a look. And I'm like, what are you doing? I wasn't ready for this, but it's a good thing. Like it's a forcing function and you know, now it's out there and I did finally set up an early access list, like a proper, you know, put your email here, um, using reform, which is another, you know, bootstrapper product, which is awesome. And we've got like 130 people on the list right now. So I will finish, I'll probably finish the docs, today or this weekend just enough um publish those and then send out send out a batch of um early access invites to to some people and you know see see what they think so super cool yeah it's been it's been kind of wild it's really between torchlight and sidecar i feel like I'm just kind of being pulled along by people who really like the idea and the product. And it's really, it's a lot of fun. It sounds like also where you have developed a little bit of a roadmap for a refine launch. Uh, tell me what you're seeing. Like what, what's the roadmap you see? Well, I mean, you're, you're kind of doing a launch for torchlight. You sort of, True. Yeah. like everything that you've done, you're building anticipation you have a landing page, which is rock solid. Mm-hmm. I saw you got a lot of good feedback about that. So yeah. it's doing its job. And then you have built up a launch list of people mm-hmm. to launch to. And um, you've made connections kind of in the community with people that are, you know, hyping it with you. Some early fans. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, that's, a- I, I agree. I was just curious because, it's a lot. I think it's harder for me to see from the inside exactly what all has happened, but yeah, I think, I think that's a, a great roadmap that we can follow. I think, I think the, like, I feel like building in public is kind of cliche and I don't know. I, I feel like building in public has helped a whole lot. Like I have been tweeting out screenshots and, challenges and wins and losses with torchlight and you know being being an indie with a full-time job and stuff like that and people really like i feel like that has been a good um a good way to get like get people's attention at the very very top of the funnel like hey look at like, look at what I'm doing. I'm going to be talking about it. It's going to enter your consciousness and you're going to go check it out. Of course it has to be backed by 
the landing page and the early access list and a, you know, a real product. But I feel like that is that I know I see now why people are doing that so much, like talking about what they're building all the time. I think that if, well, two things, one, if it's the, the right audience. So if you're building in public and your audience for building in public is bootstrappers, but then your software is for hair salon, right? Yeah. You know, like stylists. Yeah. Useless, utterly useless. Just, yeah. Just, you get a lot of people that want to follow along, but no customers. Right. So awesome. I now am, but I mean, useless for sales, not so useless maybe for feeling like you're in a community. Right. So, you know, has, has a point. Um, but then the other thing is it's also useless for like a long term like growth of a product. It will be helpful for an initial spike, which is super good and important, mm-hmm. but then it's not a long-term growth channel. Yeah. Uh, at least I, I don't, I don't think it is. I think you can make it a long-term growth channel, but then probably turns into a job you don't want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, at least that was my experience with sketching with CSS and, and yeah. the angular skate plan and that stuff. It was like, um, very exciting to write things that connected me with famous people in the community that I was mm-hmm. super ex- I was so excited about that. And it also made a lot of sales for me, but then the sales would go up and then down and then it would be like, what's the next thing you're going to do, Sean? What's the next cool yeah. thing you're going to write about Sean? What's the next cool thing that's going to connect with everybody. And then I started to resent that whole process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's this content treadmill. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's my. Yeah. I know you know that. I was just for podcast oh, listeners. No, no, no. That's yeah. my. That's my general feeling about that stuff. No, you're you're intimately acquainted with with this process. I think. I, I hope that. So I feel like we're kind of as Hammerstone. We're kind of like building this universe of of things with, um, with refine and torchlight and maybe some like documentation stuff and all of this stuff around, um, you know, the developer experience and that kind of stuff. Sidecar is in there as well. And I feel like each of them helps the other and kind of feeds the other, which is just wonderful. Like every time, every time we write an open source package, for Laravel, people in the Laravel world use it. They read the docs on the Hammerstone website. Underneath the pretty code highlighting, they see code highlighting powered by Torchlight, which takes them to Torchlight. Over on Torchlight, it says Hammerstone product, which points them back. And so I'm hoping that with some of these, like avoiding the content treadmill by having... um, not evergreen content because that's not what it is, but having tools that continue like their life continues on in usefulness. Like the, the initial hurdle is big granted, but then the main, the maintenance hurdle is a lot lower than writing a new, you know, 4,000 word article every month or something, right? People are continuing to use sidecar and it's continuing to actually pick up steam instead of like we launched this blog post and then, you know, the, the ride is over. Yes, exactly. I think you're so right. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that can be 
like you talk about a, a roadmap, I'm just kind of, you know, crystallizing it here now, but I'm hoping that can be kind of a continuing roadmap. And what I want to want to stay away from is like, we have 50 open source packages and they're all kind of like middling and maintenance heavy. Yep. What I would like to stay towards is we have, you know, five open source and, you know, three paid or whatever. The open source are really good and they're kind of meaty, but we don't have 50 little guys that are sucking up a long tail of our time and attention, that kind of thing. So that's kind of the balance I'm trying to strike is like do open source just enough, but not, but not too much. Right. I, I, I think that's exactly what's happening too. I'm thinking back to like our original scheming about this and this is basically what we were thinking, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it is actually, it is actually working, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And just kind of another random topic. One of the things I've been thinking about and be curious your take on it is, you know, I see all the time, like just push something out the door. Just like, yeah, just, just get it out there. Don't worry about anything. You're going to have, it's going to be crap. Just launch it. And I'm like, I, I understand, I understand the sentiment behind it. Like, don't fiddle with perfection until you never launch it or launch something that nobody wants. Totally get it. Great. I wonder if we've swung too far into like, just launch anything you can as soon as you can, even if it's crap right now, and iterate on it. Because I personally feel like some of the stuff that we've put out and are going to put out does so well because it's thought through and polished and complete. Like we have a full set of docs for sidecar and sidecar does these really nice things like sets up all of your credentials in AWS so that you don't have to do it because that's miserable. And so I I wonder if we've swung too far as like a, you know, bootstrap or indie community to just launch immediately. Can you build it in 12 hours when it's like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, hang on, do something really, really well and then put it out there. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree that we have swung too far in the direction of the MVP, right? That was the thing Mm -hmm. we used to say. Uh, Get your MVP out there. Because, but I think it's, obviously it's like you said, it's because we're, people are afraid to launch their stuff. And so sometimes they'll- Me included. So I'm not to that. They'll they'll use the the excuse that their product is incomplete to avoid facing the fear of launching the product. I think that it's rude to other people. <laughs> it's sort of inconsiderate to launch an incomplete product and just expect that it, that they're gonna like you know, be, be fine with it. So there's, there's degrees here though, because the, the, it is also rude and inconsiderate to not launch a thing that's, you know, incomplete to people that want it because there are sometimes people that are like, Hey, I would like whatever you have right now and it will be good to Mm -hmm. me, you know? Uh, and there's, so there's a time and place for that. Like our friend, Michelle, who was writing a book, who was afraid to pre-launch it. I was talking to her about that and I was like, you know, like 
it's kind of inconsiderate to people <laughs> to not launch a book <laughs> when all these people are like, please give me what you have already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll know like that it's incomplete and that, it, but they, but they want it. So that's a different story, but usually the people that are needing the advice to like launch it already, they need to launch it because they need to realize that people don't want it <laughs> sooner. <laughs> 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 yeah. Brutal. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, and so like for us, you know, okay, we're fine staking forever for us to launch either version. And I probably like you, I would imagine both the same wish it was going faster mm-hmm. uh, to be like launched as a product. But at the same time, I recognize that patience in this, in this case is the right thing to do. Uh, because we were able to say yes to this other opportunity, which is we were just talking about earlier, set us up for bigger things that we can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. and I don't think that we have the problem of validation. I don't. I agree. Right? Yep. So if we don't have the problem of validation, then why are we, why are we rushing? Other than there are other people that would come up with maybe like, you know, come up with a competing product sure though that's like that's totally possible but also we we both know how hard it is so it's like how hard yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know fine i eventually there will be a competitor for this so but then that's totally fine um i'm not i'm not really sweating that but yeah i mean there's like a timeline we we can't just like put it off forever but we have right. limited resources. We have to like balance it with like our own sanity yep. and we're not procrastinating because we're afraid of launching. That's, <laughs> we're not procrastinating. Like it's like very strategically deliberate yeah. and we have, I don't feel uncomfortable. Like I, the product is validated. We've been paid tens of thousands of dollars to build mm-hmm. it and have had lots of people expressing interest in, in buying it without even remarketing it whatsoever. Um, so I think that's just like, and, and also like I, I, just our own experience with seeing other places using, like even at my job, my boss is like, I was telling him about it and he was like, Oh, okay. I think just give me a demo. Like he wants a demo of it. So that way <laughs> I could see, cause it would make sense. We could just drop this thing in there. There's yep. tons of times where clients where you know, our clients are asking for like different reports and be able to see different uh, things and we could just let them build their own, do it themselves, yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah. So anyway, in conclusion, yeah, that's that. I totally agree with you. Like that we've swung too far and that we're lacking the nuance in that conversation of like, yeah. well, why are we telling people to push it out and launch it? It's because they need to validate and there's other ways to validate other than like, putting out a shitty product i think that's that's my take on it yep i think you're right i think we've lost the context of why we were as a as a group telling people to launch early in the first place it was so you don't build something for hair salons and then finally launch and then find out people at hair salons don't want to use software like (laughs) that that was the i feel like that's the original story i remember from microconf like right don't spend two years building hair software before you talk to or get someone to use your software. Right. And now it's just like, 
any idea you have, it should be done in 12 hours and you should tweet the whole thing. It's like, well, that's a little bit too far the other way. So yeah, glad, it, glad you feel that. I don't, now that I feel that now that I've done this enough times with enough products and enough companies and my own products and et cetera, like I really do think that building a product to validate an idea is just dumb. Like you don't, you do it's need like the to hardest have, way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You do. Yeah. You don't need to build a single thing to know that like people are going to buy it. You could probably find if it's a thing, people will pay you to build it. I mean, and that's so obvious to me now. And I've seen that happen with other people too. So many times that happened with us on this project, right? Like yep. I think, um, mm-hmm. and then, and then realizing that, it's really like this ongoing conversation. A product is like an ongoing conversation with your customers and people that are going to use it. It's not, it's never ending. And like you could start the conversation before the product exists. You could start learning and understanding like well before. And then it's just not that hard to connect the dots between like, will people pay for it or, or not? (laughs) So I'm saying this and then we'll see we launch and then nobody wants to, Nobody nope. wants to buy it. I will eat my nope, words. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, I still think that it won't be like a huge swarm of license purchases at first. Uh, what? Okay, so this is interesting. What do you think is huge? When you say you don't think it'll be huge, more than let's do an let's do an over under when we first like launch it. You know. What do you think in the first month will sell in in Laravel licenses? Half a dozen. Half a dozen. Okay. What do you think? I think in the first month we will sell, I think double that. I think we'll sell a dozen. Okay. I mean, we're both kind of in the right order of magnitude, I guess. Yeah. I don't think we'll sell 120, but... no. And honestly, with if we sold half a dozen, I'd kind of be like, "Okay, this is this is working." Yeah. <laughs> oh no, be great. Half a dozen, half a dozen is hundred percent to me success. Yeah. I wouldn't call that not a success at all. That's an absolute success. That's a good spot to be in when. But I still think like it's that launch is good, and then we're figuring out our long term. Yeah, you know. Then we're figuring out repeatable channels and stuff. Yeah, I think word of mouth will be important, and we have yeah. to figure out how to get the word of mouth. You know, uh, getting people to know that it exists, so that yes. way when it's time to build a thing like that on your project, you can remember. Oh, yeah, I could use Refine. I think that work you're doing on the open source projects is like right in line with that. So I think that'll help. Yeah, to me, everything's really lining up. It seems it seems really good. I do think. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to get to that point where we start working on that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, so, know. I'm my hypothesis right now is that integrations is going to be like our best channel, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it'll be integrations, um, agencies, maybe integrations and agencies will be, I think, two of the top one. Like if we can get in with five, 10, 15 agencies and they have, you know, five, 10, 15 projects each. I feel like that'll be really good because it is a very common problem. Like we've talked about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, integrations will be huge if we can pull that one off. Yeah. Well, we like can. the bullet train integration, right? Like, so you already have somebody that's 
buying software to increase their development velocity. And now I want to add this feature for my customers and I can just click a checkbox and pay us a thousand bucks and it's done. Like that's why I think the integration thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I am. I am like wondering about our pricing. How do you, are you feeling confident about our pricing still? Yeah, I do. Um, I honestly think it makes, it feels less like an open question on the rails side. Um, because you know, the integration, if we're talking integrations, bullet trains a thousand dollars, right. Or mm-hmm. nine fifty or something. And on the Laravel side, Laravel Nova is $99. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, there's a, you know, there's a disparity there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I wonder if I don't feel like pricing it monthly makes sense, but maybe like, I don't know, denominate or showing how much a month it is. Cause how much a month it is, is like less than an hour of a freelancer's yes. time a month. Yes. And so I, I feel really good about the value we provide for a thousand dollars. I feel like the yes. value we provide is tens and 10, obviously we're being paid that yes. much. Um, you know, <laughs> five figures, um, of thousands of dollars. So I feel, I feel really good about it. Um, but I think that will, I think that's part of what's going to lead to selling between six and 12 at the beginning is people are going to look at it and filter out like, Oh, I really need this right now. Or, Oh, it's a thousand dollars. I will, you know, look at it again when I really need it. Exactly. Which is fine. It's fine for me because that like, we don't really want a flood in the beginning because we want to be able to talk to those five or six people and be like, what'd you run into? What was good? What was bad? What do we need to fix? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for me. So for me, the pricing is the one thing that I'm like, I don't know because, and not because again, I'm right with you. The value for a thousand bucks, it's a no to me as a business owner, it would be a no brainer if I was going to like do this feature build versus buy and I could just, you know, pay a thousand bucks and done. I just drop this in and like a few lines of code and I've got my fil- my query builder. Yeah, that's absolute no brainer price wise. Cause you know, you look at it and as soon as you see what it is, you're going to have to actually build. You're just like, no, there's no way it's going to cost you so much money to have a developer do that for you. There's different lines you could draw though. Like you could say like, well, I don't need this full query builder. I just need this one report. So we're just going to bang out this one off thing. Um, uh, and then it starts to make more sense. Having conversations with my boss made me realize that like, there's, there's definitely a way to show people that like, this is a feature that you can add to your app. That is very valuable. Like mm. there's some people that don't even realize like I could do something like this. Um, mm-hmm. So that it's not obvious <laughs> that you could even do something like this. And then when you do see what you could do, you're like, Oh, that would be useful in so many different ways. Yeah. And then I wonder if the pricing aligns with that. And also we're anchored in Laravel by Taylor Otwell's hundred dollar mm-hmm you know, empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a yeah, thousand bucks sure. is like, you're running a real business. Yeah. You know, at least one or two people are pay- paying their bills with whatever this business is. And yeah, this is not at least to start aimed anywhere near like the indie hacker bootstrapper. No, not you're, 
your plans are nine dollars a month and you're going to turn around and pay us a thousand i just don't think that i don't think that's going to happen right now which again is great (laughs) i'm fine with that yeah yeah Yeah. totally well that'll be part of us like discovering and figuring out this market will be that pricing thing. yeah that'll be a big for sure that's the big that's a big question in my mind i think it's right to try that first but yeah yeah i think so yeah i'm totally open to backing it off to 500 or whatever making it up in volume but yeah start at a thousand see what happens Mm -hmm. anything else Mm -mm. nope nothing else okay well let me go ahead and call it there sounds good cool all right